Hey everyone, welcome back to The Matt Report. If it's your first time listening, where the heck have you been? It's the number one WordPress business podcast on the web. Uh, here to learn about building a better WordPress business by listening to other developers, designers, or WordPress entrepreneurs share their story and how they did it. Uh, and today, uh, none other than Mason James of WP Valet, an amazing interview talking about scaling a support business uh, with uh, WordPress now powering over 20% of the web. Not an easy task. It might sound easy. Oh, yeah, big open market. Let's go for it. Um, we're going to listen to how uh, WP Valet and Mason and his team uh, have done this so far. Really leveraging data um, and making sure that you're tracking everything from phone calls to um, time that tickets stay open, response times. More importantly, what in the data, what pricing works the best uh, for doing support contracts and doing monthly recurring revenue, that kind of thing. Uh, tremendous episode. Uh, if you want to join in on the fun, mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. Tell your friends, family, and, and colleagues that uh, work in the WordPress world and looking to build a better WordPress business. That's the best place to join in on the action. If you want something more, mattreport.com slash join. Uh, use promo code MATPRO10 at checkout and sign up for just 10 bucks, and that's going to get you access uh, to private forums, uh, special members-only content, monthly webinars, uh, and all the fun stuff to help you build a better WordPress business. Other than that, thanks for all the five-star reviews on iTunes. Really appreciate that. If you can keep doing more, I'd be uh, even more happy. Uh, WordCamp Miami uh, in May. I will be there 9th through 11th uh, doing a podcast panel with a bunch of uh, awesome other uh, another bunch of other awesome WordPress folks and uh, doing a, a business talk on Sunday. So if you're around that area, check us out, uh, WordCamp Miami. Other than that, I hope you enjoy this episode with Mason James while you're running, jogging, in the car, at the gym, cleaning your house, cooking food, whatever it is that you're doing. Matter of fact, I'd love to know. Head on over to the site, uh, Mason James blog post, and leave a comment. Where were you when you were listening to this? Uh, were you developing a WordPress site? Were you out for a jog? Let us know uh, and become part of the Matt Report community. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Report. Uh, today, with my guest, Mason James of WP Valet. Mason, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Glad to be here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, what is the show all about? It's the number one WordPress business podcast on the web. There's only two, but I'm number one. <laughs> uh, so it's really easy. Um, I'm just kidding. I'd like to give a dig to uh, my competition. Um, so what is the show all about? We talk about WordPress entrepreneurship, um, invite on some uh, proven entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs who are just starting out, uh, all walks of life, marketers, bloggers, uh, service providers, developers, theme creators, things like that, and tell us about their journey using WordPress and running a business. Um, WP Valet, WordPress support, not an easy business by any stretch no. of the imagination. Um, before we get into that and how you run that business, uh, who are you and what do you do? Uh, my name's Mason, and uh, I am the wearer of many hats for WP Valet. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we've been doing that for almost, it'll be two years uh, in about uh, a month. It'll be two full years that we've been doing that, and... Um, yeah, it's been a wild ride, uh, but it's been a lot of fun, too. And we, uh, we manage uh, WordPress sites. We provide uh, monthly support packages, so uh, assisting with everything from updates and backups, but also just the general advice questions that come up, you know, the things that, as a site's running, it, you know, there's just invariably things that need to change or, you know, something that isn't quite right that people want adjusted, and we, we just help out with that on a regular basis. That's awesome. Um, 
I'm sure you didn't jump into the game uh, thinking this is what I want to do. Sort of, what was the genesis of <laughs> what was the genesis of your WordPress experience? Did you did you take the typical route of helping somebody build a, a website, um, and then it just kind of spawned from there? Yeah. Well, so uh, I my brother and I had a video production company, and uh, we were doing local commercials and some smaller shoots, and everybody wanted to get their video on the web as well. I was like, okay, well, I don't know anything about that. How can I help these guys get their video on the web? And uh, had built a website for my dad uh, based on WordPress, and um, so thought, well, I'll start using it. And actually had a client that uh, had three different facilities in the location, uh, in the local area, and they wanted to do like a network of those three sites, um, which is probably like it's way overkill to go with multi-site. Uh, this was back WPMU, I think it was 2.8.4. And, uh, but I went with it and found a great community around uh, the MU forums. Ron and Andrea Rennick were awesome. They were so helpful to me those first couple years. And uh, then got involved with WPMU Dev and ended up uh, being a support rep there. So support's always been kind of part of, very early in my history, that's a part of it. But that was my first interaction with WordPress was actually uh, doing that multi-site, hmm. and uh, yeah, just kind of kind of went from there. A lot of the folks in the a lot of the folks in the audience um, are heading over to WordCamps, and they're and they're you know they're interacting with sort of us veterans of the business, even though you and I continue to learn every single day. Um, the uh, you know they're they're looking at how do I make a living doing this? Um, they're sort of getting their feet wet by doing the same thing you and I did. We we helped. A cousin's friend get online or something like that. Yeah. Um, you remember from that story that you just told? Um, you know how much you got, how much you uh, uh, invoiced the client, how much you got paid, and then when you said to yourself, you know what, I can do this as as a real business, or I can make this a career. So for that project, it was like nothing. Uh, I, I think it was three sites, all basically the same template, just three different locations with a different set. It was a uh, uh, mental health facility, so they had different doctors at each place, and that was really the only difference. Uh, I think it was like seven hundred, maybe seven hundred fifty dollars. <laughs> uh, it's on the high side of starting. Yeah, which I mean, hey, at the time I was, I was, I thought it was cool because I was just doing it. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a career option. Uh, but the the team that I was working with um, for video production uh, thought that was pretty cool. And they were building some Flash sites at the time. They're, all of the sites that they were building and, and doing video in were Flash-based. And, uh, of course, this was before the iPhone and, you know, everything like that. So there was a lot of the web that was still Flash. So I was like, well, I, you know, I think I could do this stuff in WordPress. And for whatever reason, they, they were like, okay, well, give us a theme in WordPress. And, uh, and so I just thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. I'm going to try it. And I think that theme... Uh, I want to say I got $1,000 for that theme, uh, which embarrassingly, I'm not going to give the URL, it is still online today. <laughs> uh, they've never, they added some posts and it's just sitting there, but it, it's still uh, alive and well on the web. Uh, and that, but doing that theme kind of made me go, you know what, I, could, I think I could do this on a regular basis. This is a lot of fun, there's a lot to learn, but you know, the community support was strong and so I didn't feel completely like an idiot or lost when I had a question that I couldn't 
discover on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, I thought you know what, uh, I think I could do this. I could I could start building sites for people. Awesome. Um, I do want to fast forward to the launch of WP Valet. There's a lot that I want to get into. Um, sure. Things like things like scale. Um, you know, managing expectation with clients. Um, partnering with folks um, like like Automatic or being recommended from other hosting companies. Um, there's a lot that I think the audience can kind of get from this, um, you know, be it in their own service business or a plug-in or a theme business or whatever it right. might be. Um, let's talk about day one of WP Valet. It was, was it just you? Did you form the company with a, with a team? What was that like? So uh, my, my right hand is a guy named Eric Hohenschild. And uh, we partnered in the company together uh, from the beginning. Uh, he's a co-founder of the company. And, uh, you know, I kind of I had done the freelance thing and had been building websites for folks. And the problem that I was running into was that, you know, you, you set them off with the WordPress site. And it's so easy to get started, you know. It's just, man, you roll, roll in and, oh, okay, they get it. And they're, they're rocking it. And then six months down the road, they're coming back to me and they're saying, uh... Mason, my site's having problems, and I'd go and I'd look, and you know they installed like three SEO plugins because you know one's good, three's got to be better, and so you know they've got that rocking, or you know they've just added some plugins that that you know have hard coded versions jQuery, and just problems come up because it's so easy to get started and so easy to add a plugin or modify the theme that that people get curious and they and they kind of go for it, uh, but with a business website that's pretty critical, right? If it starts to have problems or if you're sending out your email newsletter and it goes down every time, you're you're in trouble. And so folks were coming back and asking for ongoing help and I didn't have bandwidth to help them, right? Like, I, no, I'm, I'm on a new project. As a freelancer, you go from one project to the next. And, and that bothered me. And I started looking for a place to send those people and we didn't find one. Um, and, and, you know... I started talking to a few people, and so Eric and I uh, started WP Valet, and we really didn't have any idea what that was going to look like, uh, other than we. The my thought when I started this was I didn't want to have two thousand people at ten dollars a month because I'd done support, I'd run the support team at WP Meet Dev, I knew what the ten dollar a month customer looked like, and I wasn't interested in that. Uh, so we tried to look objectively. What are our costs? What's the time investment that's going to be required here? And use that to come up with realistic pricing to say, hey, you know, to pay the bills and to really be available to you, this is this is what it's going to. We think it's going to take. Mm. Um, and so, so you, yeah. you have you yourself, your right hand man, right. day uh, day one month. Day one, one it was the two of us. Yeah, just the two of us. Yep. What were you? What was your uh, monthly uh, price uh, at that point? Uh. We started out with three plans. We've changed it so many times since then. Uh, I think our lowest plan started at 450 a month. Mm-hmm. We called it agency. Now it's something completely different. Uh, I, 450, 900, and then we had an enterprise option, which was for multi-site based on based on need. Mm-hmm. I want to just pause for a second and say that some folks in the audience might hear that number and be like. Holy hell! How do you charge that? I only charge five hundred bucks to build a site for this person. Right. You're giving them, uh, you know, this monthly support on that rate. My clients would never pay that kind of money. 
you come from a different background where you, you started with, you were in that support realm first. Like, I mean, you were building these sites and people were saying, hey, uh, you know, can you, can you expand it for me? Or it's not performing on this host or can you migrate it to another host? Yeah. You saw what it was like to sort of go through the paces and that's how you came up with your number. Right. And, and specifically, I mean, we're, we're looking to fill, fill what I think is, is a big gap in the market, right? Like, if you look at what WP Engine is doing and other managed WordPress hosting companies, their top-of-the-line package, where they end, is $250 a month, right? But they're not going to answer every WordPress question you have, right? Like, they, they, I mean, they have to scale as well. So if you have an issue with your plugin or theme, at some point they have to go, you need to hire a developer. And that sort of caps at $250 a month, right, and the level of support that they do. And then you look at the other end of the spectrum and you look at something like VIP WordPress or companies that can afford to have a CTO on staff full-time doing, you know, paying them salary to just run this WordPress site for them. That's going to be several thousands of dollars a month. That's the gap that we're looking to fill. Mm. So if somebody's only spending $5 on GoDaddy hosting, uh, no, they're probably not one of, you know, they're just not our customer. Uh, we we want folks that have a need to iterate on their sites frequently and mm -hmm. have a need to make sure that their site is always up. Uh, you know, a brochure kind of website for a mom and pop shop, uh, they don't have the same needs that an e-commerce or subscription site has, right? You know, that subscription site needs to know not just oh WordPress was updated and the site's still up. They need to know the checkout still works. You know, that people can still log in, and those are the kind of tests that we run for our customers. It takes extra time, but we also charge accordingly. Nice. Um, how did you how did you fare launching that uh, in in the first month? Uh, just two of you, super hard to do sort of support and get the word out right. uh, for the business. Uh, take us down that path. So uh, I knew pretty early on that I was going to suck at getting the word out. <laughs> uh, we have more Twitter followers than we have ever tweeted. Uh, I just. I don't know. I like doing the work, but uh, I'm not great about hollering it from the mountaintops. Um, so we, we kind of went a different route. Uh, from For us, the, the genesis of this happening was really a conversation I had with uh, uh, Ben Metcalf, uh, co-founder of WP Engine, at a WordCamp. And hearing what they were doing with managed WordPress hosting, I went, oh, maybe I could provide support services. if. You know, if I didn't have to be a server admin, because that's not my strength, maybe we could do this. Uh, and so we started very early on with uh, really close vendor relationships. And that's kind of how we've focused it. Uh, I would say from the beginning and even now, uh, 85, 90% of our uh, customers are referrals from vendors. So we do get traffic from Google. We do get people... Uh, coming in, but it's almost, it's really been awesome because our vendors sort of vet people and go, oh, that's what you want? Then you need to go talk to WP.LA. And, uh, you know, generally then the, the lead's pretty warm as well because they've been told this is what they need. Uh, so that's been, that's been really powerful for us is just connecting with vendors, hearing what they need and how we can help them. Right. The, um, and, and that's, it's so true. Uh, I don't want to get off too far off track, but that's one of the things, like when we're talking about freelancers, how to price their products or how to how, to, how do I break up design and development, um, 
I say, just take a step back. This is this is more about a, a, a people business, right? I mean, you can yeah. you can say, hey, it's 40 hours to develop this and it's 40 hours to design that. Uh, but in the end, you're going to make uh, a relationship with this client because if you don't, you know, you, then you're managing expectations the wrong way. Then you probably will never get referral business from that client. It's just like, you know, price, 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 you know, code, right. lines of code, lines of code. You, you're not going to really achieve uh, sort of that referral engine that you have uh, been able to uh, conjure up. Um, I want to get into pricing. The question that you'll be answering for the pro members uh, is how to quantify or how to quantify some data um, and, and project pricing. Um, that'll be after the show. One interesting thing on your site, um, and I looked at, I know you recently launched the new site. I also want to talk about that. Um, but you didn't have or you don't really display any pricing uh, right. unless there's a baseline monthly pricing. Uh, I should have done my homework. Right now, there's no pricing. No on pricing website. at all. Right. Let, let's talk about the strategy behind that. Um, most folks are like, you know, coming through the internet or looking at, okay, here's all my hosting providers, WP Engine, 29 bucks a month, 99 bucks a month. Um, how do you overcome that hurdle? Um, and what's the strategy behind that? Right. We've gone back and forth. At times we've had our pricing on the website, it's, and at, at times we haven't. Right now we don't, and that will change <laughs> again, I'm sure, soon. Uh, as we just kind of experiment with this stuff. Uh, right now, my current thought is that we, we're a relational company. Uh, if we have somebody that we even onboard and they sign up and and uh, you know we don't develop a relationship with them and they only stick around for a month or two, we we didn't we didn't do a great job there. So by nature, I'm looking for clients that are looking for a relationship. So the people that are coming and they just want to see a price and go, probably not my favorite customer. Uh, so that's one thing. And two, because of where our pricing exists. Uh, I like to have the extra time to build the value into what we're offering before we hit them up with the price. So, uh, you know, to to just get on a, a Skype call with them and chat really quickly and, and hear about what their needs are and see if that's a fit for one of our plans, I can even kind of walk them through and say, okay, well, here's the different, uh, you know, pricing that we have available. I think you're a perfect candidate, you know, for our dedicated plan or whatever it happens to be for that customer's need. Uh, generally, they appreciate the FaceTime, you know, they appreciate getting to talk to somebody on the team, and it helps us kind of see, okay, how do we, you know, like there's customers that we know right away, ugh, okay, they're, <laughs> if we take them on, they're not going to be around long. Yeah. You, you just, you, you get to where you know in yeah. that first call, and uh, so, yeah, right now that's why we do it that way. Give me some of your key indicators, um, aside from somebody saying, I've only got 50 bucks a month to spend. Uh, yeah. From your experience, what are some key indicators when you know you know this person is not going to be the right fit for my business? <laughs> Anybody that says, uh, "Well, actually, what I need is really simple," uh, you know, like it, that is just such a dead giveaway that they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Because if it was super simple, they'd go do it themselves, right? Like, no, you're. So I, I'm kind of looking for somebody. Uh, good indicators are that they go, "We know we don't know WordPress." Like, we do our business very well, but we really need help with WordPress or, you know, specific solutions that they go, we just want to be hands-off. Uh, the guys that, and I, I love these guys, and we have several that are successful clients, but, uh, you know, the guys who have built the site themselves and it's grown and it's blossomed, a lot of times they're used to diving into the code. And so, like, 
we'll set them up with Git and we'll talk about versioning and everything. And then at some point they'll just zip right in via SFTP and overwrite something and make the repository completely invalid and we'll be like, what the heck? So, uh, like, there's certain things that I listen for in terms of, like, how, how much do they own the fact that they should be able to go in and modify the code or do they have their own, you know, their cousin who normally does that for them or something, right? Because we, we like to kind of take over. Uh, and we're able to provide a very uh, stable experience to our customers because of that. So I, I would say that's one of the things that I kind of look for. Um, and then, you know, once I've had a chance to look at their site, how, how well do they really understand? Like if a customer comes to me and says, we know we had this theme built by a dev agency we got on Freelancer. We know the code is bad. We need help. <laughs> you know, like when somebody comes to me like that, I'm like, okay, they, they get it. They, they under, they've been through the painful part. So they get also the value of what we're going to be able to do for them uh, by not just providing this one-time fix, but by walking the road with them. We're, we're not just responsible for their code today, but we're responsible for it you know, six months, a year, two years from now. So yeah. uh, that's, that's kind of what we look for. Yeah, and, and again, it, it's, this is a people business. As much as we love, um, as folks who live and breathe on, on the Internet, we love to optimize our pages and do heat maps and collect data and do right. A/B testing. In the end, it even comes. I mean, I plan on writing a piece about like you know making earning business through Twitter and, and, and sort of you know showing the data of business leads that I've you know closed on Twitter and, and hey this is all great but guess what I'll have to get that <laughs> yeah it's like thirty percent not even of, of the whole pie. Uh-huh. The rest of it is all just, you know, beating the streets and being out there and shaking hands. Um, you know, this is this is something that I I always struggle with uh, with teaching others to sort of learn these indicators. It, it's not something that comes fast because I'm sure you've had your handful of taking on bad clients um, that just didn't realize and, and were frustrated uh, with the whole process and I felt that they might have been paying too much. But that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Um, Growing up in the car business, this is the only way. Like I like I approach people like on a on a car lot in like the dead of winter, like it is right now. They don't want to talk to you. I'm freezing my ass off. I don't want to be outside. <laughs> but you can tell by body language, by the way they talk to you, by the way they look or don't look at you. You already know, and you already know by what vehicle they're looking at or how they're walking around the car. There's all these little things firing off. Um, in somebody's mind who's been doing it for years, um, you know, and it's very hard to kind of grasp this um, without without the ex and without the experience. Totally, I totally agree, and I think it's even made more difficult uh, by the restrictions that are put on us uh, via mostly text communication. Uh, and actually, we've switched our dedicated and professional above plans uh, to where we actually get on the phone with every client uh, at least once every four weeks. Just because ha adding voice to the mix for us really helps us much easier. You know, it's just much easier to gauge how they're really feeling about things. And it's surprising. A 20-minute call can save a 10 back-and-forth email thread that never got anywhere and you never really fully understood what the client was actually asking about. So uh, I, I think you're right. It, it, we lose a little bit of the personal thing the more we distance ourselves. Video is awesome. Uh, you know, then just having audio is pretty good, and then when you get just to text, it, it really gets much more difficult. So, yeah. uh, you present the perfect segue to one of the questions from the audience. Um, 
you know, you just said, hey, we pick up a phone. There are some people in the audience who are like, oh my god, I would never pick up the phone. I only want to handle it through email because they're not paying me enough. Well, when I say charge higher rates, and then you'll be able to pick up the phone a little bit easier with a bit of a smile. Right. Um, but one of the questions comes, does uh, WP, WP Valet offer an SLA as a standard? Something like you will get an action or resolution uh, within, let's say, four hours or so. <clears throat> something like that. And how does this impact staffing? So um, before you answer that, let me just ask the, the question I should have asked before. How big is the team now? Right now we have 14 people okay. uh, covering migrations, the development team, and support team. Mm -hmm. uh, are the three main things that we do. They're not all full-time. Mm -hmm. uh, I think maybe eight full-time right now. Six okay. Full -time. So still a, a healthy uh, size company in terms of WordPress. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, let, I, I do want to talk about how you kind of scale to that, but um, is there a, a sort of service level agreement that says, you know, at this contract, uh, if you're signed into this contract, we'll answer you in four hours or you'll have a dedicated tech person. How does that all right. work out? Right. So uh, we've played around with that as well. Uh, the first iteration uh, offered what we call the bat phone, and uh, that was an emergency line that actually rang both Eric and my uh, cell phone. Uh, some legacy customers still have that, uh, <laughs> and, and we honored that, that they signed up, and that was part of what they wanted. Uh, there, there's a difference. I'll get to SLA and then talk about the phone thing, both of them, because they're both really interesting to me. Uh, with the SLA, we do offer a, a response time guarantee. That doesn't mean resolution. Uh, it means response because, you know, a lot of times providing support is not the same as delivering a pizza. You can guarantee a pizza delivered in a half an hour because you know it's going to be dough, tomato sauce, cheese, and pepperoni in the oven and delivered to the person's house. Support awesome. is totally <laughs> – support – writing code is totally different, right? Like, uh, no, we're – I got to dig in and figure out what's going wrong before I can figure out, you know, how, how to make it right. Uh, so uh, we don't guarantee a resolution. We guarantee a response. And that's where having a support team uh, makes a big difference. Uh, when we first started, it was just Eric and I. We were working 24-7. We really were. I mean, online all the time to make sure we got a response out there. Um, you know, it, so we do provide that. Uh, I think right now it's 12 hours that you'll get a response on uh, our express plan, and then it's either four or six for dedicated and professional. Um, generally, though, our responses are much faster than that, if it, especially if it's during Eastern Standard Time, you know, or regular business hours in the States, because uh, almost all of our team is based in the United States, um, then, then it can be less than an hour. And internally, that's what I tell our team. Like, an hour is mm -hmm. the max we want somebody waiting hear back from us. And then it's uh, what you talked about. It's a lot of managing expectations. Uh, anybody on my support team will tell you the one thing I look for in every single one of their responses is not, and I hate this, uh, you'll hear back from us soon. What the hell does soon mean? Right. <laughs> that, that is awful. That is the worst response. No, they. you'll hear back from us this afternoon, or you'll hear back from us by, you know, eight tomorrow, or give a very, you know, let them know, here's the steps that we're going to take, here's the, any steps you can take, and here's what you can expect to happen next. Uh, and then they need to follow up at that point. Even if they still don't have it quite figured out, provide an update, here's what we've done, you know. So that's a lot of just managing uh, client expectations. Um, and, and that's what we try to do. And most customers get that. that uh, honestly, we've had a customer that 
this guy is such a trooper. He had a gateway issue. And for two months, randomly transactions would happen and just seemed at random uh, somebody would get double billed. Wasn't very often, but just everyone. And uh, for two months, he hung in there. And that's how long it took us to figure out what was going on. We ended up needing to rewrite a portion of the gateway in JavaScript and, and solved it. But, you know, it just sometimes those issues take a while. Mm -hmm. And the thing our customers know is that we don't give up. We're going to figure it out. Uh, yeah. So anyway, I kind of got off topic there, but uh, that's okay. You, you you bring up one other thing, and, and I I don't I, I want you to uh, I mean if if we can get to it, I, you know the SLA thing, and, and you sort of did, <clears throat> but I want to talk a little bit more about managing that expectation. Mm -hmm. How do you manage that expectation? Let's say in this instance, it's a gateway thing. Let's say it's Authorized.net that's doing that. At right. what point do you say, Mr. or Mrs. Customer, uh, you know? Like we can't like we can't access authorized.net servers. There's no way we can fix that. We have to rely on them. Would you continue to work with the customer and have the customer talk to authorized.net, or would you talk to facilitate with authorized.net? At what point do you say it's kind of hands off or off of us? We we do absolutely everything we can. Uh, just recently, one of our uh, one of our uh, changes to the discuss uh, WordPress commenting plugin they incorporated into their version. As much as we can, we contribute. If we find a bug or an error, and we can contribute that back to whoever originally wrote the code, we do that, because it's better for all the customers. Uh, there are cases where we can't, uh, and, and we've lost customers because we couldn't. Uh, but we, we take every action that we can. Even I mean, We've logged into our customers' uh, you know, Google Apps account to help them sort an email issue. Uh, we will we'll bend over backwards to try to make it happen. But if it is something where we say, look, this is an error with this company, we'll help you craft a statement that you need to send to them. But it isn't something, you know, it's not an issue on your server or with your install that that we can actually assist with. And most of the time, uh, you know, customers understand that. And, mm -hmm. and we can make it real obvious. This is exactly what you need to tell them. Here's how they reproduce the error. You know, kind of walking them through how to create a proper... Uh, debug thing for the whoever it is. Mm. Um, so we do that a lot. We've done that with uh, wishlist member a lot uh, as well. Like we dig in there. If we find a way to make something better, we, we submit that back to them. So nice. um, I want to get back to uh, scaling the business. Um, uh, you go from two to three, two to eight. Uh, it, it, what was that like? What was it like? Uh, was it a scary situation to say, time to hire a third person? Yeah, so I just uh, <laughs> I, I just submitted, we'll see, if I uh, a speaker application for WordCamp Miami, and it's called, like, how to manage WordPress without ending up in the fetal position under the piano in the den. Uh, because it's terrifying. Uh, and it's terrifying, uh, you know, um, especially when you get more people. Uh, we went from uh, two people for the first full year, uh, almost um, like 10 months. It was just Eric and I. And honestly, during that time, I never took even a full paycheck. Uh, so, you know, like that's, that was just the reality of starting it and, and what we had to do. Um, uh, then uh, in, let's see, February of last year, I came on board full time uh, and we hired uh, Kim who just had a baby on Sunday. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, 
we quickly then went from three to seven or eight. And the reason we did that is we got, we got a lot of work with people wanting migrations. And that really wasn't what we had intended to do with the company, but what we found was as we were working with vendors, uh, they would come to us and there'd be some kind of issue. Not that it was the vendor's fault or that it was the uh, client's fault, but there's some kind of incompatibility or something that was going on. And so we started approaching vendors and saying, hey, we would just like some experience with moving people to your platforms because it makes it easier for us to understand what you guys have running and then provide better support down the road. Uh, and that quickly turned into a, a healthy referral business. You know, we did one or two, then we did six, then we did 10, then we did 12, and, and now we do uh, dozens every month. I think January we had like 100 requests come in, which is pretty amazing, just for migration. Uh, and, and so we, we grew from, uh, we developed a whole migration team. And uh, there's five guys on that team right now, and that's what they rock out and do all day. Hmm. Um, so we, we, that was the part that grew. And then from there, we've expanded our support team uh, and added two developers. Um, we added a developer early on. So it kind of it kind of went from uh, two and three to eight, and Great then path. to twelve. Yeah, and now fourteen. Uh, and that's not including the the other people that we uh, might subcontract like development to and that kind of stuff. So, um, are the support hours uh, uh, strictly uh, Eastern Standard Time, like normal business hours, or do you do some of these, well, actually, some of these folks have the bat phone plan still, so they could call you. And right, they could uh, literally call me anytime. And we, we actually, the, the death of the bat phone plan was a customer that was based in Thailand and legitimately was having issues but would have to call us every night at 3 a.m. And after about three weeks of Eric and I saying, oh, it's your night, it's your night, it's your night, it's your night, uh, we, we just said, ah, we've got to, we've, we had to let that customer go, sadly. It wasn't their fault, but we just couldn't handle it. And uh, Raise the rate so, of the bat phone to 10000 a month. Right. Well, yeah. Well, no. Honestly, even then, I, I don't. The yeah. Phone calls are good. Emergency yeah. phone calls just get your heart going. And uh, and uh, yeah, I don't know if there's enough money in the world that I would want to go back to that. But uh, the the uh, what we, oh the um, I don't remember what we were talking about. That's okay. We we're talking about uh, the scale and, and and bringing on more employees and stuff like that. Yeah, um, so they, they work like, uh, since we have people in different time zones, it, it, all in the United States, uh, we have one guy in Europe, um, the, but a lot of our team also likes to work at night. So um, generally, uh, the support day starts by around 8 a.m. Eastern and closes out about 10 p.m. Eastern. So it's a little more than normal business hours. Um, and then there's an escalation process. So if someone writes in and it's like site down, uh, it actually will send an email and then a text through the support nice. uh, system. So um, about roughly, if you care to share, how many customers you're supporting now? Um, right now on the monthly plans, we have uh, somewhere between. 40 and 60. Sweet. Uh, and then, obviously, we customers, we have, uh, you know, like I said, but we've had we've had thousands of migrations yeah. in the past year. And I'm sure um, they can come back for 
Other, yeah, and, and a lot of times that's what we like to do is, you know, kind of see if they have a further support need after after we've set up the site for them. Um, we don't do a lot of custom development, like one-time custom development. We've done that, and it it's kind of like the opposite of what we started to do. And if we take those on, it takes the bandwidth away from our monthly customers. Uh, so right now, we're working on some solutions to how we can better partner with people in that regard. Uh, but right now... Uh, yeah, we don't do a lot of just like big one-time custom development projects. Awesome. Um, so far, been an amazing interview. I'm going to ask the last formal question. Okay. Of the formal interview. <laughs> um, sure. And is and that is, what is your biggest challenge uh, facing the company today? Again, is it is it just the the typical growth? Is it the marketing? Is there a particular aspect that's super challenging to you right now? Yeah, I think I think it is. Uh, I think honestly, my focus right now is on our internal process. Honestly, the, when you go from two to three people, that's pretty easy. You can still all just chat. When you go to eight people, you, you start not to be able to do that. And when you're at 14, you definitely can't do that anymore. Uh, so it's really fascinating because it's not like we're a warehouse that deals with parts that have to get out to vendors and we can track inventory. But at the same time, what we have is a knowledge base around our customers and it's a digital inventory. And at any point, somebody may need a piece of data on the support team or, you know, a developer may need to be able to be credentialed for a certain website. And we need to be able to make that happen very fast. Hmm. Uh, you know, if a customer writes in and they want something developed and it's something that's only going to take an hour, if it takes, you know, an hour and a half to roll out that development, you know, a development install somewhere, get the developer credentialed, so that he can have access, work locally, and push to the repo, and you know all that stuff, and then get the customer to review it. Uh, an hour, a bit of development ends up, you know, being closer to four or five hours. So we have been working a lot internally to make all of those elements happen very quickly, and be able to just be like, okay, here's this task, here's the install where we need it done. This developer has time available. Let's do it. Mm. Uh, and I hope to actually share here in the next couple months how we do that because uh, it's, it's uh, stuff that we've built in-house to make that happen. And then also just the other side that's making that apparent to the customer. How does the customer know? Right. Um, so while there are services like Basecamp for project management and uh, task lists, Trello, you know, and that kind of stuff, there wasn't anything that we found that really nailed it for people who are providing support on a monthly basis. Uh, so we've been working on some pretty cool stuff and beta testing in our customers currently and We'll be talking about that more awesome. very soon. That's awesome. Uh, tremendous, tremendous interview. Um, we could probably go on for days talking about, <laughs> about this stuff, uh, and perhaps we will at some point. Yeah, that'd be uh, fun. So we're going to jump into the last two segments of the show. Um, cool. First, or second segment, or third segment, or whatever this is, <laughs> this will be uh, what's in your toolbox? What uh, app do you use? Or a web service like a Basecamp? Um, that might not be known um, to the internet at large. You know, nothing's uh, any kind of like special tool that you use to get through your day to day. Yeah, um, I don't know how helpful this will be for other folks, but uh, QuickBase is was totally unknown to me. Uh, but it's a software by the folks at Intuit, uh, the guys that do QuickBooks, uh, and it's just an interface for creating your own application. Uh, and we've used that to structure our knowledge base around our clients, to structure our task lists, 
and to actually have everybody record their time entries. And then it, it actually integrates with QuickBooks. So uh, rather than our guys having to track their time and submit an invoice, they just track their time in the system, and every two weeks they get paid. Uh, so for us internally, in terms of, like, because you can define how the relationships work, it's, it's really just up to you what are your specific needs for your company, and you can sort of build databases that match that need. That's awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's, I'd never heard of it before. Um, there are some others with some, a little bit of more of an updated uh, interface, but, but this one's super solid. We haven't run into any uh, major issues with it. So, no. Awesome. Uh, let's jump into the last segment of the show, which is the ever-popular lightning round, where I ask you a series of quick questions, and you will have a series of quick answers. The one cool. plugin you cannot live without. Gravity Forms. Or Picklist. If you're a developer, Picklist. A favorite WordPress or business book? Uh, the DIY WordPress book. A quote you live or run your business by? Mm. We're making the internet a better place. <laughs> uh, what's the best uh, business advice you ever received? Uh, don't try to please everyone. Mm, that's a great one. <laughs> um, the longest a client project has ever taken, or maybe in your case, the longest a migration has ever taken. Uh, project or migration? Even with migration, uh, uh, more than a month, uh, a few months, going from like Expression Engine or something to WordPress. Uh, I'm I'm sure we've had one that's taken three months. Nice. So. <laughs> If you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Hmm. I don't know. Expression engine? Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it would not be that. Uh, so I really like uh, the folks at Pantheon and, and uh, what they're doing with Drupal. Uh, they're, they're a step ahead of what a lot of people are doing. So I would say Drupal just for that. Who should I interview next? That's a good question. Uh, I don't even know the whole backlog of uh, who you've already interviewed. It's um, only 60, so I expect you to memorize them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, let's go with uh, James Tryon. He's a developer in Orlando. Awesome. And a creative design studio. Awesome. Very intelligent guy. Uh, what's the one question that I didn't ask you that I should have? Uh, whether, whether we're profitable or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I, I, I guess I had assumed you were, but it, we are not. You to share. <laughs> no, we are. We are. <laughs> um, that's awesome. You care to throw out any kind of revenue numbers? Uh. I, it profit is really interesting, and it's different from revenue. Mm -hmm. uh, so I will say that. Uh, nah, we'll save that for next time. Awesome. Hey, no problem. Uh, you know, Mason, this has been an amazing, uh, amazing interview. Uh, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Uh, they can find me, of course, at the wpvalet.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter as Mason James, and also Mason Job. 
James.com is my uh, personal site. Tremendous. For those of you sticking around, or for those of you who are Matt Report Pro members, mattreport.com slash join, become a member, or mattreport.com slash subscribe, just join the mailing list for free uh, if you don't uh, feel like uh, taking up a membership. Uh, uh, Mason is going to stick around uh, for the Matt Report Pro question, and that's going to be how he uh, looks at data um, to calculate price. Um, so if you are a member, head on over to the site, and you'll be able to download that snippet of our talk. See you on the other side, Mason.